interesting. Chaotic, I like that. Unpredictable. Oh, you guys. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well done, well done. Um, I've learned a lot about adjectives while doing home learning over the last two years. Um, English isn't my strong point. Um, personally, um, I might use words like unexpected, um, challenging, tiring, emotional, um, dislocating. Um, but also, I felt like the year improved as it went on. Um, and there was moments of real joy last year as well. Um, and as a church, I think over the last year, we would say um, that we have tried to be as flexible as possible. Um, I, for those of you that have heard my jokes before, I'm really sorry, but um, I, I joke in my head that I've become a professional ballerina because I'm so good at pivoting. Um, and as a team, we have had to uh, and do that quite a lot. It's been quite incredible. Um, we've had lockdowns. We moved all of our church online in the last two years. We've learned so much about YouTube and Facebook Live. Um, our small groups, our youth, our leaders meetings all went on to Zoom. Um, it felt like trying to meet together face to face was a bit like an uphill struggle. Um, but we got there. But despite the limitations that were placed on us, we have still been church. We are still the people of God seeking to worship him, to live our lives, to give him glory and fame. We are still a community of God's people, putting him first and seeking to be more like him. And the limitations that have been placed on us, though, um, in the last couple of weeks have really been brought into sharp perspective, haven't we? As we've seen um, Maybe some of you will have seen on Facebook the Ukrainian vineyards and U the church in the Ukraine um, worshipping and praying together. It places the limitations that we were, were placed on us into sharp perspective, doesn't it? Eleven years ago, we believe that God gave us a vision for the community that he wanted to build with us here in Chelmsford. And it is still our vision. We aren't there yet. Uh, which is always the case with vision, isn't it? Because vision is about stepping into a preferred future. But we do have this vision and all of our plans, our, a our effort, our resources are aiming towards that vision being fulfilled. The reason that God gave us this vision is because there are thousands of people here in Chelmsford and the surrounding areas that don't know that they are loved and that they are loved by God. There are thousands of people in Chelmsford and the surrounding areas that are not connected to anybody who loves Jesus and can love them. And that is a problem for us. But more importantly, it's an issue and a problem for God. So our response to that was that we felt compelled to plant this church. We want everybody that we are in relationship with and those that we aren't yet in relationship with to encounter God to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and be invited to follow Jesus. So before we worship, which we will do in a moment, we're going to, I'm just going to reflect on our vision statement. I'm going to look back at it to check that we are still on the right path. 
It might be new to you. You might not know it. You might not remember it. But that's okay because I'm going to remind us of it this morning. So God, we believe that God has called us to be a growing community of people who love Jesus, love the Bible, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, seek to see his kingdom extended here in Chelmsford. In creative and accessible ways, we want to worship God with our whole lives as make, train, and equip disciples, train up leaders, serve those who have less than ourselves, and plant new churches as we live out the hope that captivates us. Love God, love people, go. So to break that down, God has called us. God has called us. He's asked us. He's given us a mandate. He's invited us. And every so often, we check in on that call. And over the last year, the last two years, maybe we've checked in on that call more regularly because things have been hard and we've not been sure where we're going or what's going on. But we believe that God's voice, God's answer to us when we've asked him, are we still called to do this? Are we still called to be this community of Chelmsford Vineyard here? His answer, his resounding answer, his resounding voice has been yes. We believe we are still called, that we are still called to be an expression of the hands and feet of Jesus in this city. God has called us to be a growing community of people. Now, perhaps numerically over the last year, we haven't grown. Although we want, I wanted to say right off the bat, a massive welcome to those of you that have joined us, either in the, while we were online or since we've been meeting together again. But we have said goodbye to some good friends. Some people have moved to other parts of the country. Some people have decided to find a church that suits them better. Other people have, have just been not sure about who God is and the point of church. And it's good to acknowledge that we miss people, that we are, a different, we are different as a result of the last two years. And we've said some sad goodbyes. But in that context, we want to acknowledge that God is still God. God is still on the throne. And we are invited to worship him and to follow him. And God has asked each and every one of us. He has called us to play our part, to be part of this expression of church, to be his hands and feet here in this community and beyond. And although there might be less of us gathered here now, that doesn't mean that we are less of a church. It means especially that there is more room for people to come. I don't know how many of you were here in October when, we gave, when I gave out puzzle pieces a few, of the, a few of us were represented, but actually God's vision for this city is so much bigger. You know, when the structures of church had to be altered, when we were told we couldn't meet together in person, it made all of us probably look afresh at how we relate to God and our relationship with each other. And I know that you wouldn't be here now if you hadn't kept pressing in to who God is and worshipping him. We've all had to learn to read our Bibles afresh, to press into worship on our own, in our own homes. We've all had to work out how to be the church, to push through when it's been hard. And so I want to say thank you and well done. You have been intentional you are still in relationship with Jesus and with us. So well done.
And although I say we might not have grown numerically, I know some of your stories and we have all definitely grown uh, in, in our relationships. And as a community of people, we are different people, aren't we? Different ages and stages, different um, backgrounds, different traditions, different ethnicities. But again, there is always room for growth. The kingdom of God is uber diverse. And we want this church community to express his kingdom. To have representatives of every tribe and race and language. In order to be family and growing community over the last year, we have gathered whenever possible. Cast your mind back to the Super Sixes that we organized last year, where we would meet in parks and we'd gather in sixes and we'd walk and, and play games together. We've had a family fun day. We've had a fireworks night. Last summer, we managed to gather um, for outdoor worship services. Uh, we've had Vineyard Kids Den building experiences. Even when we couldn't gather in person, we still managed to gather online for Easter and Christmas last year. I was recently listening to a podcast with an interview with a guy called Todd Bolsinger, who wrote uh, probably a few books, but the two books I've read of his are Canoeing the Mountains and Tempered Resilience. And he said that he thought the question that churches should be asking isn't how do we grow, but how do we live out our faith? And that is absolutely significant to us. So God has called us to be a growing community of people who love Jesus. We love Jesus. I absolutely love Jesus. He is the reason I get out of bed in the morning. We all want to be like him. And I believe that we have journeyed in the last year to be more like him. And if you cast your mind back to your school report, maybe none of you had this on your school report. There's a phrase that might sometimes have crept in that said, could do better. And, and I probably I own that. And I know, do you know what? I love Jesus and I know that I could do better. But I know that I have journeyed towards him and with him over the last year. And I know many of your stories and I know that you have too. We are always aiming at the vision. We want to drag that preferred future into the present, don't we? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you've got questions about who he is, then please do come and talk to any of us. Maybe you would like to pick up a Why Jesus booklet that's on the table on, in the corridor. He is the reason we do this. We love Jesus and we love the Bible we have walked very slowly through the book of Mark over the last year. The shortest gospel, the one that is like most punchy and powerful and fast moving. We, have del we deliberately chose to walk slowly through it. And we will be finishing that book on Easter Day at the climax. So don't miss that. But we love the Bible. We absolutely hold the Bible, uh, hold the Bible close. We use the Bible to train us and to teach us and inspire us, whether it's a book in our hands or an app on our phone. The Bible is our foundation, and we read that through the lens of the kingdom of God. And over the last year, we've not only pushed into reading the Bible here on a Sunday, but small groups have followed that through in their, in their midweek meetings. We've had different WhatsApp groups that have read through the book of Acts after Pentecost. We've journeyed towards Easter together through on WhatsApp groups. We've encouraged one another to read the Bible daily, to sit, 
with the Holy Spirit and hear his voice. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we seek to see his kingdom extended here in Chelmsford. We have seen the power of the Holy Spirit at work. And we want to walk down that radical middle between scripture and spirit, word and spirit. It's both and for us here in the vineyard, neither at the expense of the other. We love the Bible and we love the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. The word and the spirit together means that we see the kingdom of God break in. And when we have seen and experienced his presence, that is God's rule and reign here and now. We usher it in, like Pip talked about last week, like ushers at a wedding. They usher people into the service, don't they? And show them to their seat. We, we get to usher in the Holy Spirit to introduce him to people. You know, over the last year, we've seen different healing miracles. Um, we've seen legs grow. We've seen backs healed. We have seen gall, gallstones disappear. We have had times of prophecy and words of knowledge where people have had such insightful, accurate, prophetic words. We've seen incredible, miraculous provision for um, clothes and kit at the right time at Grow Baby to meet immediate needs. We have seen financial provision personally, but also in the church. The Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit has been seen in small groups, online, in youth, in kids, here on a Sunday and at Grow Baby. God's kingdom has been extended in Chelmsford this year. In creative and accessible ways, we don't ever want to just sit back and do what we do because that's what we've always done and in the last couple of years, we've had to probably be more creative uh, than ever before and make things more accessible. We are creative beings because we have been created by the creator God. And so we want um, that creativity to be on display in all that we do. And the creativity of our leaders gathered here are, is, is amazing. There's always new ideas always different things that we could be doing and we want to be accessible as possible we will do some specific events for pe for some specific people and we'll do more general things for everybody who wants to be involved and the pandemic for us has forced us to step out in creativity and also to think about accessibility more you know, moving everything online, although there was lots of tension and lots of like, oh, I didn't get into this job to do everything in front of a computer. Like, but actually, we have been more accessible to more people than ever before. And some of our small groups have stayed online because it means that some of you can now engage in small groups in a way that you couldn't before. So we have adapted and we now have more of a hybrid model to make us more accessible. So in creative and accessible ways, we want to worship God with our whole lives. I love to gather to worship here together, to be led in worship live with somebody with an instrument and vocals that I can hear like in the room rather than on a screen. Although I learned a whole new thing about worship online and we gather together on a Sunday Partly because as the vineyard, our highest priority is to worship.
And over the last year, we have sung new songs, new songs that have been written by people in the Vineyard Tribe and outside. We love to, to embrace creativity in worship. We have new worship leaders that had not led this time last year. And our heart's response is always to bring him worship because he deserves our highest praise. As I say, I learned a lot, and I think many of us did. We learned a lot about worship over the last year. When we have sung in our kitchens or in our living rooms, whether we have used YouTube or the Spotify playlist, or we've asked Alexa to lead us in worship, we have been creative in our own homes. I know that because you guys have told me. But worship is more than singing, isn't it? It's an attitude of our heart. And some of us worship by running. Like, although I'm not sure who would want to run 13 miles on a Sunday morning, but I'm not saying they're necessarily doing it as worship. But I know that some of us in this room, we run and that is our time with the Lord. That is our time when we worship. Some people, some of us bake, paint, dance, sew, volunteer, love others, care for those that we encounter, investigate and live out environmentally friendly and sustainable ways because that is is worship. We want to worship God with our whole lives. We want to make, train and equip disciples. We want to be creative in that and make it accessible. You know, we've um, we ran Alpha that finished uh, halfway through last year and we are running Alpha again because we want to create opportunities for people to meet Jesus and explore who he who he is and invite people to begin their discipleship journey. We've created connection points throughout the year for people to meet and begin exploring Jesus through our Love Chelmsford giveaways, be it um, on the high street in Chelmsford giving away chocolate, fireworks parties, our carol service. Our desire is to make new disciples, you and I, and, and you and I to continue walking our discipleship journey, to be trained and equipped. We don't ever graduate from being a disciple. You know, I don't know how many of you are watching The Apprentice at the moment. You know, no one ever gets hired. Um, well, we all get hired, but it's not like Alan Sugar where he fires people week in, week out, and then one person makes it. You know, when we decide we're going to apprentice with Jesus, it's a lifelong calling, a lifelong calling of walking in his footsteps and walking with him. You know, and to, to make, train and equip disciples, some of that is the church's responsibility. It's partly why we love small groups so much. It's why we love gathering like this, where we can discuss faith, we can challenge one another, we can love and support one another. Uh, but also, our, there's a lot of responsibility with discipleship that lies with us as individuals. You know, will we wake up every morning and decide that we're going to live today for Jesus? aware of him and step into all that he has in store for us? Will we set aside time to read our Bibles, to worship him and pray and sit in his presence? And I know that for many of us gathered here, the answer to that is yes. And we want to keep on keeping on. We want to keep on making, training and equipping disciples. We also want to train up leaders, something that we... Um, 
we don't want to be the bottlenecks. We want to see all of us step up. And over the last year, we've had leaders meetings, cluster meetings. There was the Vineyard National Gathering at the beginning of the year, which was on totally online and accessible to everybody for the first time. And over the last year, one of the things that Russ and Pip and myself have done, we've engaged with um, a spiritual formation course called Emotionally Focused. And we've been able to do that because it was moved online. We are serious about, about developing our leadership and developing the leadership of others. And we want to serve those with less than ourselves. I love this because creativity is never far from our thinking when we're thinking about this. And, um, and the aim of the vision of Grow Babies to clothe every child in Chelmsford. And in February alone, we supported 102 families. Since September 2021, in just six months, we have supported 284 families. And that doesn't include the Wednesday just gone where 80 people walked through the door. These families are local to Chelmsford. They've heard about us through word of mouth, health visitors, Essex Family Wellbeing, refugee workers. And, and through, through Grow Baby, we are now supporting a significant number of Afghan families. And what is so amazing is that people not involved in Chelmsford Vineyard are wanting to get involved, to support those who have less than they do. We have seen people not connected to this community, um, raising money through singing carols, um, through ge massively generous gifts of uh, clothes and toys and money. And then um, as well as there being people within the life of the church, children in Vineyard Kids doing sponsored events because they want to get involved in what God is doing through Grow Baby. Grow Baby has grown um, and is now open every Wednesday morning as well as monthly on a Saturday, making it more accessible to people that need it. If you want to know more and you want to be part of the team, then please do speak to Pip. Serving and being involved in the life of Chelmsford Vineyard Yes, it includes Sunday services, but it includes more than that. And one of those significant parts is Grow Baby. We have had Love Chelmsford this year where we have seek, sought to serve, seeked to serve. I don't know what the correct English is there. Sought to serve those who have less than ourselves and those that don't know Jesus. And we have had chocolate giveaways on a Sunday. We've had um, baked cakes for the businesses on Molsham Street. We've given away flowers. We've helped families in crisis. And we've had Christmas street parties and carol singing. And in the coming few weeks, we are going to specifically bless our key workers. So if you don't know about that, speak to your small group leaders. We want to serve those who are less than ourselves and we want to plant new churches. Our vision is for Chelmsford and the surrounding areas. And many of you don't live in Chelmsford. And we would love to see expressions of the vineyard in Ongar, in Malden, in Whittam, in Braintree, in Colchester and further afield. We are part of a wider movement that has vineyard churches across this land, across the world. Maybe God is speaking to you about planting a church. That might feel very scary. It's planting a community of Jesus followers in a, in a location where there isn't a church with the DNA of the vineyard. We want to be creative and accessible everywhere in every way. 
We absolutely believe that the best place, the best way for people to meet Jesus and to start following him is to be invited into a community of Jesus followers. Some of you wouldn't be following Jesus now if we hadn't planted this church. And we want to continue to reach out to those who don't know Jesus and invite them to meet him and follow him. We want to multiply who we are and see Jesus transform the places that we live. And we want to live out the hope that captivates us. I know that there has been some days over the last year when a few of us have felt hopelessness. It might be because of COVID. It might be because of other things that have gone on in the last year. It might have been in the last couple of weeks looking at the news coming out of Eastern Europe. It might be that we have daily challenges that I know nothing about that, that cause hope to seep out of you. But like Lydia talked about a couple of weeks ago, in those moments of hopelessness, we can fix our eyes on Jesus and we can thank him for who he is, for what he's done. And that changes everything. And I'm not saying that we need to plaster a smile on our face when it feels like our world is falling apart. In our suffering and in our pain, we can still know that Jesus is with us. And all is not lost because he gives us hope. And hope is not wishful thinking. It's knowing that God is sovereign, that God is good, that he can be trusted. The picture painted in the book of Revelation is of God's kingdom in full. It means that we may live with moments of hopelessness now. That can feel overwhelming, but it is not forever. Jesus offers us hope. Are you captivated by Jesus? I would argue that if we are captivated by him, we'll be able to cling on to the hope that he offers, even in the hardest times. So when it feels like hope is missing, my encouragement is to focus on Jesus. And I think that many of us have done that over the last year. And it's summed up in the phrase, love God. Da, da, da. Oh, it's back on. Love God, love people, go. Um, and I believe that we're on track and I'm going to unpack that a little bit more later on. I'm going to hand over to Graham. Great. Thank you, Libby. Um, I always find it hard to follow Libby when uh, I have just figures and numbers to, to give you. But we just think... It's so important to, to fill you on and keep you accountable at least once a year that we share with you the situation that the church is in and has been over the last 12 months. So those of you that have been here before will have seen some of my pie charts. Not that I've had to show them in the last couple of years because of COVID we haven't been able to have this service. Um, but I have recreated them and they are here for you to see. So I'm going to start off by filling in on our last financial year, which ran from the, 30, uh, sorry, from the 1st of September to the 31st of August 2021. So we're sort of six months into our financial year at the moment, but I'll come on to the current period at the end. So these are our last set of sort of full figures for a year anyway. So as you can see, last year, hopefully a pie chart's appeared. Yep, brilliant. Um, it will show that we had an income of approximately 
pounds, 78,500 pounds, mm. which is an incredible sum of money that you mm. as a congregation and people have gifted to us through the period. And at the beginning of the year, we'd have set a budget and we would have set a budget that we would have assumed that we would have actually used all of the money that we were getting and some of our reserves. <laughs> but as you can see from this pie chart, we actually ended up with a small surplus at the end of the year. So again, God's provision through you and other people has been incredible. And we owe you and God an incredible thank you because without this money, we couldn't have achieved all the things that Libby has talked about already last year. So of that um, 78, we spent about 50,000 on running of the church and we gave away around 20,000. And I'll break down sort of how those 50 and 20 come into that and then showing the surplus of about five and a half at the end of the period. So the next slide shows us um, how we gave away some of that money. So as a church, we believe in a generous God. We believe that the money that we are given, we should also bless other people with. So we aim to give um, a significant portion of our income away each year to things that don't benefit ourselves here in the church. As you can see, the largest portion of that this year has been to Grow Baby. We've spent just under £10,000 of our income um, on Grow Baby, and Libby spoke of the impact that that is having and is ongoing, and we've committed to that in this current financial year. Um, the next cost we give to the movement so Libby spoke that there is a wider connection of vineyard churches. And in this country, there's about 120 odd churches. And we are supported by a structure that uh, gives us some oversight. It gives us training. It gives us um, accountability and um, support and the conferences that Libby spoke about as well. So we give, um, we, we give 5% of our income as a minimum to vineyard churches. That is a requirement by our bylaws to do that, and we try and give more. Um, it doesn't always work out, but our aim is, is to give between 5 and 10% to the movement of our income in the year. We also give to some other charities, um, and they include a charity here in Chelmsford called Made for More, which works in the schools, um, the secondary schools in Chelmsford, supporting and mentoring teenagers. And some of our congregation have been involved in, in doing that over the years. I think at the moment it's just Kate, but in the past Joe has had lots of involvement there. And they are doing a great job working with some of our teenagers. We support some overseas charities. We support Live Village in South Africa that Russ and Pip have visited and are going again and work with some children out there, whereas a whole village community working with orphans and housing and homing, and again, a really good cause. And if you want to know about, more about that, then do chat to Russ and Pip because, and Betty and Anna, because they love to talk about it. They have some great stories. <laughs> we also support a charity in India called Love the One, which is run by uh, a couple of paediatricians who, basically have set up giving some medical support, which has turned into a school and educating and picking up the broken and the lost on the, from the streets of India. And they have an incredible charity and they have been through some incredibly difficult times in the last year, especially with COVID, that uh, we've been hearing the, 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 the trauma of the stories they're going through and we are being able to support them as well in, in all that they're doing. So that's really good. We'll support Fusion, which is a um, student charity. I don't know so much about them, so I'll move on. But we do support them. So that's what we do with um, looking outwards 
Uh, we also obviously have our compassion projects that we're doing like uh, Love Chelmsford, where we are looking to just bless our community around us. So we give our small groups a portion of money um, once a term with the aim of supporting their neighbours or key workers or any way of blessing people other than people in our church. So we're constantly trying to look outwards. Okay, if we can move on to the next slide, we have a bit of a makeup of our cost of activities. Um, as you'd expect, being through COVID, uh, most of our income has been spent on um, staffing during this period, but we have been able to do some things as well, as you can see. We have been able to run Sundays. Okay, they've been digitally, but we've needed to invest in uh, equipment and uh, expertise to make that happen. So we were spending some money on Sunday, even though we weren't physically meeting here, we were still had some outgoings. Um, ministries still did happen. We still managed um, to do various things. We've managed to send people to worship retreats or um, other activities I can't think now, but Libby spoke about them a minute ago, so they all happened. But it didn't cost as much as it has done in previous years, so it looks a bit skewed towards staff and lack, uh, rather than activity, and we hope over the coming months and years that that will shift back towards a more reasonable distribution between staff and activity, although staffing does create activity, so it's not completely just to keep Libby and myself and others employed we're doing things to serve and facilitate. So that's how your money was spent. And um, obviously that was up to August. Since August, we haven't stopped doing things. We have been able to meet back in person. So we're now renting here each week and we are continuing. So we've set a budget, but COVID has hit the church quite hard financially. Our income has dropped significantly, but God has, has blessed us over the past few years incredibly. And we have reserves which are going to allow us to continue. And as you can see, that as we've um, simply, we've only had one, oh, sorry, over the last four years, we've not had one year where we have spent more than we've come in. And that wasn't through intention. At the beginning of this year, in August, I went to the trustees with a budget that um, put together with Russ Pip and Libs. And we were looking at around a £20,000 spending reserves just to keep going as we are. Because we could see a shortfall in income, but we felt God has called us to continue. God has called us to step out into faith. Um, we have also <laughs> employed Pip to work with some compassion for two days a week, specifically compassion in kids. And again, that's had a financial implication. But we feel God has called us to keep serving our community and he will provide. As you can see, the surplus, sorry, the deficit that we're looking at at the moment, because I put this together this week, is actually only £10,000 down. Already, we've um, received some income that we weren't expecting, and, and it's already put a big hole in that deficit. And it's just telling us that God wants us to step out in faith. He will be our provider through you and through other people that we will be able to meet the needs of the community and to keep pushing forward. So that's where we are this year. We are um, going to use reserves and we are quite happy to use reserve because that's what God has given us, given them for us to do. But we do need to grow and uh, keep seeking income to support the ministry that we do here. So a big thank you for all of you that have given, whether it's one pound or a hundred pounds or more, we are incredibly grateful for every penny that is given to us and we seek to use it 
um, to further God's kingdom in this, this town and elsewhere. So that's me. If you've got any questions, I am always happy to answer them about the finances. The accounts are available at Charities Commission. We do file those every year so they can be looked up. Um, if you want specific information or have specific questions, then I'm more than happy to answer those. We want to be transparent with everything that we do here as much as we can be within reason. Um, so do approach me if you've got any questions. And we are now going to worship and thank God for all that has gone on over this last year and what he has for us in store for the future. We were going to have a short break, but we're not, sorry. Um, but if Joe, if you want to grab the basket of chocolates and pass them round, um, <laughs> if you can, in case you need a bit of sustenance, I'm not going to speak for as long now as I did um, in the first session, the first section. So, um, yeah, forgive me. Um, I, I feel really excited about this coming year. I feel like um, the last two years have been preparing us for something uh, this coming year. Um, just a couple of things to mention. Graham mentioned in the financial update that as trustees, we have now employed PIP two days a week. Um, I'm employed two and a half days. Graham employ is employed two days. Um, and we've in in order to streamline our leadership structure, we've made a, a little change after some thought, uh, quite a lot of thought and prayer and seeking counsel. We've decided amongst the four of us that going forward, um, Graham and I will remain leading as senior pastors, and Russ and Pip will be associate pastors going forward. Um, in reality, you probably won't notice um, any difference, but we wanted to make you aware of that structural change because we will still be operating very much as a team. Um, and the trustees have also offered um, Graham and I a three-month sabbatical this summer, beginning in June, um, with specific expectations that we will have some time and space to rest and reflect after leading in this role for the last 11 years since we planted. Um, so it means, again, that we won't be around for um, those three months, but Russ and Pip will still be here, so you probably won't even notice that we're not here. Um, we're going to use that time to invest in our own personal relationships with the Lord, with our family and within our marriage and to rest. You might have heard of people taking sabbaticals to write a book or to study for a PhD. Uh, we're not doing that, either of those things. Um, we're going to use that time to rest and invest in our family. As I say, we planted the church when Jen was six months old um, and then we had Nat and Abby in very close succession um, so we're going to take some time with them to go and see other churches because that's one thing that they have never really done because we're always here. So we're quite excited about that. And we, our hope is that we will come back um, um, uber refreshed and ready for the next 11 years. So, um, yeah, bring it on. Um, if you've got any questions, then do please come and speak to us about it. Um, as we were praying about this coming year and asking the Lord to speak to us specifically, um, I felt like God gave me a really simple phrase, a simple saying. I felt like God said, remember what I've called you to. Remember what I've called you to. And I think there's many layers uh, within that, both for all of us personally, but also for us corporately as a church. The Bible is full of exhortation to the people of God, which includes us to remember. Remember what God has done. Remember what he has said to us to, to not forget. And he encourages his people to build altars 
uh, by way of remembering a specific occasion or a specific event in history where God has intervened and he's provided or there's been a miracle done. So remembering is really important. Um, and I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at remembering. Someone can say, how has your week been? And I have to pause and think, like, what has even happened in the last week? Um, maybe that's because life is busy. But remembering is really important. So this phrase that God had been saying to me about remember what I've called you to, I think is pretty significant for me, but also for us as a church. The last two years could have easily taken its toll. Many of us have had our heads down. We've cracked on. We, um, we've just been putting one foot in front of the other because that's what we've needed to do. Perhaps our worlds have been turned upside down. It might be that your world looks very different now to how it did at the beginning of 2020. Your world has changed beyond recognition. We have all probably been more surviving than thriving in the last year. Normal life has been taken away from us. And even now, things aren't totally normal, are they? We need to be more adaptive. Plans change. Um, ben is new to our, our uh, AV team and he was recruited. And then since he's been recruited, he's been on every week since he's been recruited because of COVID. So things still aren't normal. We have to be flexible and adaptive, don't we? Uh, things change last minute. It feels like there's still some uncertainty. Our lives have had to become reactive. Perhaps previously our safety, our provision, our direction came from the structures of life and the safety of that. And now we are forced more to rely on God in a whole new way for our safety, our provision and our direction. And I know that for us leading the church, we've had to be responsive, adaptive. We've been in crisis management mode. We've been in meetings where we've had plan A, B and C, and they've all been thrown out the window by the time the meeting is over. We've had to make last minute ad adaptions. But when I look back again at our vision statement to prepare for this morning, when I remi I'm reminded of our purpose, when I remember again what God has called us to I was, it made me realize I've become quite functional. Remember what I've called you to, God says, to each and every one of us. On a personal level, it might be that you don't know what God has called you to because either you've never asked or because God is totally new to you. It may be that you know what God has called you to, but life has distracted you or you've forgotten. It could be that you know exactly what God's called you to and you are living that right now. For us as a church, we know what God has called us to do and we have been walking towards that preferred future, following his lead. But we all know that we could be more intentional about stepping into that calling. We want to remember afresh what God has called us to so over the next few months, we're going to um, unpack more about what loving God, loving people means to us. We will unpack what it means um, into how we do that as individuals, but also as a wider church. Ultimately, if we have said yes to following Jesus, we are called to love him and to love others. 
We might have other specific callings on how we work that out in our context, but the bottom line is exactly that, to love God and love our neighbors. You might recognize that. Jesus quotes the law of Moses in Mark 10 and in, and it, sorry, in Mark 12 and in Luke 10, when he says to his original followers and he says to us that we are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what we have been made to do. If we have said yes to following Jesus, then we need to take that mission seriously. It will look different for each of us, I'm sure, in the context within which we find ourselves, but it is definitely a proactive thing. We're to love God wholeheartedly with everything within us, and we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And our neighbours encompasses not only our physical neighbours who live in the houses next door to us, but also we are to love our enemies as well. If you read Jesus saying, um, saying about loving the Lord your God and your neighbour in Luke 10, it's within the story of the Good Samaritan. And the point of that story is that we are to love those that are not like us, that, that upset us or offend us, as well as those that we live next door to and we get on very well with. We are to love God and love people. And that, cho that choice to love is exactly that, a choice. It's a decision and an action. No man is an island. We don't live in isolation. Even though over the last two years, we have had periods of isolation where we have been told to stay in, to stay at home, to not socialize, to not go out and not mix. That is not normal and that is not healthy for human beings. We were made, we were created out of relationship, firstly with the Trinity, with our Godhead. We are made, we are relational beings. We are made for relationship. We're made for family, be it biological family and church family. And so because we are relational social beings, how we live and interact, how we have our being is vitally important. It goes back to that question. The question is, isn't how, for churches isn't how do we grow, but it's how do we live out our faith? How do you live out your faith? As followers of Jesus, how we live is important and it has impact. So over this coming year, we want to step more intentionally into being healthy disciples, apprentices of Jesus, where the overflow of our relationship with him means that other people will know God's love for them as well. Will we actively encounter God, be transformed by his Holy Spirit and accept the invitation to follow Jesus daily? And will we offer that invitation to others? We want to learn from the Bible and each other how we can love God more and better this year. Actively engaging with him, encountering him and being transformed by him. So my question every day at the moment is how can we as leaders help encourage and equip you to live out your faith? Any answers on a postcard, always welcome. If we can do that, by default, we will multiply, multiply spiritually and numerically. 
So as you leave here this morning, I want you to take with you that question or that statement. No, it is a question. Remember what God has called you to. Or ask yourself the question, what has God called me to? If you don't know the answer to that, then we would love to journey with you to find that out. Why don't we stand and we're going to pray.